Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Through 25 seasons... 4,561 episodes. I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. It was 1987. AIDS was something we didn't know a lot about. It had only been a few years since the first news reports. Some were calling AIDS the gay plague. And it was spreading at an alarming rate. When leading man Rock Hudson revealed he had AIDS, suddenly it seemed no one was safe. Misinformation was rampant. Some believed you could catch AIDS from a toilet seat, through kissing or sharing a glass. So that was the climate in 1987 when Mike Sisko, who had AIDS, jumped into his small town's public pool. And what happened? Did you notice other people reacting to you? Uh, not till I got inside the pool. Mm-hmm. They kind of ran like people do on, the, on those science fiction movies where Godzilla walks into the, mm-hmm. the street or something. When we heard the story, we took our cameras down to West Virginia to hear what the locals had to say. Let them find somewhere else to go. I mean, heck, they can buy them an island in Hawaii somewhere, I'm sure. Let them all go there. But I think God has given them the AIDS for a special reason. I think that's God telling them, hey, this is no good. I feel sorry for any AIDS patient. Uh But as for saying that um, he ought to have as much uh, right as me, Garbage. I don't believe that. As Mike sat there, little did he know his short swim would force people in Williamson and across America to confront their beliefs about AIDS and homosexuality. I believe that he brought it on himself as far as that. And uh, Do you think this is a curse from God, him having AIDS? I don't think it's a curse from God, but God also said that uh, his way of life isn't Abomination. His way of life meaning being a homosexual. Right. Okay. I'm repulsed by his disease, and I'm repulsed by him. 
Why would you think you would be welcomed here if you had AIDS? Because I felt I was dying and I thought they could overlook the fact that I was a homosexual and, and see that I needed some compassion and, and to be in my hometown. I wanted to come back here to the field house. This is the exact spot where we taped that show in 1987. And what I want to do is play that tape for some of the people who spoke the loudest that day. It's been 23 years. With everything that we have learned, I want to know, do they feel the same? Have their opinions changed? Has Williamson grown? Has America grown? BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. First, I'm gonna to talk to Mike's sister. She was one of the lone voices here to defend her brother that day. I am Mike's sister, Liz, and this town has done every single one of my family wrong. They have shunned us. I have walked in grocery stores and people have turned around and left because of this. Now, he, he is one of God's children, no matter if he loves him, if he is his or not, he is God's child, just as we all are. And so? And I think that people here need to stop and think, what would you do if it was yours? What would you do? That is a Mike's sister, Tina, who used the name Liz at the time because she wanted to protect her identity and she was wearing a wig and didn't want her own son to be ostracized because of her appearance on television. And Tina is here with her two sisters, Anna and Lee. So for people who don't know, what happened to your brother, Mike? He um, passed away 16 years ago, August the 4th. You know, it's interesting because um, in preparing to come to meet you all here today again, I watched that tape for the first time since 1987, all the way through. And I was struck by how brave he was to sit in a room where there was such vitriol, such um, venom and hatred uh, toward him. Did he regret doing that show afterwards or did he feel some sense of validation after doing that show afterwards? He always, always said that he was glad he did that show, that he just wanted to educate people. Mm -hmm. You know, it was never anything other than just get some education out there. Did he leave town after that show? Yes, he did. He moved to Charleston and then proceeded on to move to California. Did he ever find the kind of peace and compassion that he was looking 
before? He did, did he ever? He did with his immediate family, his dad, his sisters. Mm -hmm. He did. Mm -hmm. Did he have a peaceful death? Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. I was there that night. Tina met me at the door, and she said he hasn't spoken all day today. Mm -hmm. And I said, well. And so I walked in his room, and he, he opened his arms up, and he said, where have you been? And I went over and hugged him. And then that night, you know, Tina and her family left, and I sat with him in the we had us a little bed fixed beside his bed, and uh, while my husband and son slept in another bedroom and my dad slept, he passed away. He passed away. Yeah. When uh, Mike passed, I heard that some of your relatives had a problem, actually, with where you wanted to bury him. And during that show, there was a moment where we mentioned the fact that relatives didn't want him to be buried. And I, and I asked the question, what, are they afraid that AIDS is gonna seep through the ground, ground through the casket? And I think everybody sort of chuckled. Was that the fear or was it? I think so. Someone in the family called our dad and said, we're not going to let you bury him beside his mother. I actually think a lot of the reason as well that uh, they didn't want him buried there is his, he, he was gay and uh, just this they thought it was a disgrace uh, to the yes. grave site and the memory of, of our family. your mother. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that played a, a, a bigger part than what anybody would ever admit to. So your mother's casket was removed yes, from was. the ground, it was. taken to another cemetery. A beautiful cemetery mm -hmm. that's taken care of. They're all three there together now. Our dad passed away about three years after Mike. And they're all three together, right where he wanted to be. He loved his mother. My mother loved him. Mm -hmm. And they're in a beautiful, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But Perfect. your mother's casket had to be removed from the ground and mm -hmm. taken to another cemetery. Yes, absolutely. In order to make, to keep peace in the family. In order for them to be together. In order for them to be together. In order for them. Now I understand that you have uh, come out as being mm -hmm. gay. Absolutely. Yes. And was Mike a part of that? Was Mike's coming out? Was Mike being gay a part of your ability to just to be so straightforward about it well I mean I have a great I have great sisters and my father was wonderful so uh, but yeah Mike paved the way for a lot of people so how did you feel watching him in that environment uh, because at the time I was doing it to you know create a sense of information for the public and although I had compassion it wasn't until literally last night I watched it and I thought what it took for him to sit in that room. He, he knew he was defeated going in. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he was hoping that the show would completely focus on uh, AIDS and how you contract AIDS, mm -hmm. and, and uh, it didn't. Uh, it turned to him being a homosexual, and I, th I think some people got the, the purpose of the show, and some people totally missed it. Mm -hmm. And he wanted the education. Uh, he was adamant about educating and was him going into the pool on that day, because I think I, it was your idea, Tina, yeah, to go to the pool. Mm -hmm. And at the time you said, let's go to the pool. It was like 97 degrees, mm -hmm. hot and humid mm -hmm. here. And you said, let's go down the pool. And he said, do you think we can? And, and you I said, said, sure, you know, why wouldn't we? It's a public pool, you know. But you knew at the time he had AIDS. I did, mm -hmm. I did. And he tested positive, mm -hmm. You know, Had tested positive. He had tested positive and it never even crossed my mind to not go. But the reason I'm asking the question is whether or not you went to the pool that day to try to use that as a way of 
drawing attention to the issue, no. Uh, oh, no. using that Absolutely as a way not. to educate people to say. Absolutely not. You were just, just going to. cool off. We just, we didn't have an air conditioner. We were poor. We couldn't afford an air conditioner and we were burning up. So we just went to the but pool. But you knew immediately after you got immediately. there. Immediately, yes we did. And that's why I said on the count of three, you better get in cause we won't get back in. As a gay woman who grew up here, do you think that the town has changed in its attitudes toward gay people? Uh, Homosexuality. I really thought so. Uh, Toward gay women, I can say it's easier to accept than gay men because that's what they all tell me. But I'm reluctant to say a complete, absolute positive yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I think people are still Mm -hmm. geographically uneducated about anyone other than this area. And I I hate to say that, but it's Mm -hmm. the way I feel. Have you all talked to uh, any of the people from our show 23 years ago who spoke against your brother? No. Really? That was on that show. My name's Jerry Waters, and in 1987, I was 37 years old. I was a firefighter for the city of Charleston, and we heard that Oprah was coming to Williamson. I decided to go to Williamson because I felt that although the good folks in Williamson would be able to express their opinions, I felt that I could express mine a little more forcefully. I've had it. It's now 23 years later. I'm retired from the Charleston Fire Department and have had two successful radio talk shows. So you're the guest that people most remember from that show. Hi. Yes, hi. Welcome Welcome back. Uh, Because of this heated exchange with our medical expert, let's watch that. Let's all get together and hug them and live next door to them and let them babysit our kids or whatever. That kind of attitude is wrong. Your attitude is wrong. You're going to have to do better. The reason that you feel that way, sir, is because you're afraid. You have a great deal of fear. I am not afraid. Yes, you are. I am repulsed by the man's lifestyle. I'm repulsed by his disease. And I'm repulsed by him. And uh, God has nothing to do with giving these people AIDS. God does not kill babies, and babies get AIDS. This is a disease of nature. Nature will take care of something that's wrong. It'll eradicate it. And if they were all, put them all together without any women, they would be extinct from the face of the earth in no time. First of and all, if they, if they couldn't uh, uh, reproduce, AIDS would kill them off in anyway. In this size, first of so all. I, I've had it. For every, I've had it. For every You've been AIDS trying to jam this, this down our throats for years. I'm not trying to put You've anything been, down your yes, throat. Yes, you I'm have. I'm trying to give you the facts. I've had it. Seemed you were pretty angry that day. It was pretty painful to watch, yes. Uh-huh. Painful for you to watch yourself? Right now, yes. Uh-huh. yes. Tell me why. Well, of course, uh, I am a passionate person. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm pretty animated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason I came to Williamson was not to bash gays. And I felt that that's actually what I wound up doing. Mm-hmm. And that was not my purpose to be mm-hmm. here. Yeah, well, if it wasn't your purpose, how do you end up saying, I am repulsed by him? The word repulsed is a pretty strong, that is more than I'm upset or I'm angry or I don't like, I am repulsed by him. Do you still feel that way about gay people? As a heterosexual, Mm -hmm. uh, the gay lifestyle is not something that I certainly would want to be part of. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. So. Mm -hmm. Am I repulsed? No. I Actually, the fact of the matter is, uh, I have no problem with gays. 
I have no problem with anyone that wants to do whatever they want to do as long as it does not affect me in any way, shape, or form. Do you regret um, presenting yourself in that? Oh, absolutely. You do? Oh, of course I do. Yeah. I, I was a little more passionate, caught up in the mob mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And that was never my intention. Uh, I felt at the time that uh, Mike was maybe trying to make a statement mm -hmm. by using the poor people in southern West Virginia, uh, particularly Williamson, to, to get his point across. And I mm -hmm. didn't think that was fair for the people mm -hmm. of Williamson. So you thought he shouldn't have gone into the pool? I think he should have stayed in the community where he could have gotten much more support at the time. But again, kind of catching up in the mob mentality. Yeah. Um, I said probably more than I normally would have said. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and it was because of the doctor's comment to me that I was afraid. Uh, you know, it wasn't about the gay, it wasn't about the disease, it was about the doctor telling me that, sir, you're afraid. And, and so, so being yeah. called afraid yeah. uh, uh, directly offends your ego. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, the doctor is here. Yes, good. Okay, so I'm gonna bring the doctor on. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Were you surprised at how angry people were? There was a lot of anger here that day in 1987, and, uh, and it came out very strongly. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, and that wasn't typical. I think that in, in most places, people were willing to listen to physicians and public health officials in a, in a, in a much more participatory way mm -hmm. than perhaps here and a few other places. I but think as, as you're hearing Jerry say now, that he was somewhat caught up in the mob mentality, and he was specifically angry with you mm -hmm. in that moment when you said, uh, sir, you're afraid. He was affronted by that, right? And, and not only that, but I was also affronted by the fact that the CDC continued to tell us that you could only get AIDS in a certain way. And then six months down the road, they found out we could get it in another way. Mm -hmm. Now, because you had told us so many times Jerry, in the past, AIDS, or someone We did. get AIDS in 2010 the same way we got it in 1987. You can say that now. I said it then, okay. I can say it now. Right. We were right 30 years ago, we were right today. We have treatment now mm -hmm. that we didn't have then. People are living for decades now. They didn't do that then. If Mike had gotten this disease 20, 30 years later, he would have had a much longer lifespan. But do you understand what Jerry is referring to when he talks about we were told one thing, then we were told another thing? There was this sense that when we first started to learn about this disease, all the facts were not available. And 
people were just afraid. And you were aware of that and probably still are aware that Absolutely. in some communities that still exists. It does. It yes. Does. Yeah. And so do you think we've progressed? Much, much progress has been made. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly across this nation, across the world, we know a lot more today about education for prevention. We understand the issues that surround people's uh, inability to, to accept some of the scientific facts. We still have a lot of myths. We still have a lot of rumors around the world about how you get it, how you don't get it, but it's much better today than it's ever been. Yeah. So how do you feel about yourself today when you look at that tape? Well, today, uh, looking back 23 years, I, you know, needless to say, I wish I had not presented myself in that manner. Mm -hmm. If that show was taped today, it would be somewhat different. It would be less passionate. Mm -hmm. I would try to have been a little more logical about it. However, having said that, I still probably would have said in context many of the things that I said. So this is the question that I remember asking at the time about where is the Christian love and understanding mm -hmm. here? Or I have lots of that. Okay, but when I looked at the tape last night, what I felt was missing was a sense of compassion mm -hmm. with your passion. Absolutely. A sense of compassion yes. with your passion. Right. Do you feel, since we're sitting here with Mike's sisters, do you feel in any way that you owe that family an apology? I am sorry for their loss, okay? As I would be anyone who lost a loved one. Mm -hmm. But again, remembering the time and place, I'm sorry also that what happened happened in Williamson, West Virginia. And I think that- But it was could, happening all over the country. Well, I know, but I think it could have been avoided by staying in a community where you would have, I would think, much more support mm. in a larger city yeah. than bringing it to a tiny town where you'd have basically no support yeah. and scare people. I know that, but who are you? Or are you, are you saying I? that he should have stayed in Dallas? Away from his family because yeah, but we just, are his community. Yeah, yeah ladies, yeah. what I'm saying, who are we to say whether or not a person can come home to be with their family when they oh, want I to receive that. No, no, I'm just saying that it seems to me, uh, I don't know if he, if he got more comfort being at home with his family than he would have in, Had the, he gay, stayed where he in, was. in the gay community uh -huh. where there would have been a much more understanding uh, in the entire community, as oh. as opposed to a few but family members. But he came members. home. Yes, he did. said on that Listen, tape. He was all we had. He was our mother. Mm -hmm. When our mother passed away, he was our mother. And why does the understanding have so to be limited to away? the gay community? Well, with all why due can't respect, we all understand each other? And with all due respect, uh, Jerry, there, there are gay people everywhere. Oh, of course, I know We that. are everywhere. But, but. I have two daughters that family. are gay. Of course, but in such an instance, when such a powerful uh, he was dying. Do you resent uh, that they did the show here? And, and oh, no, it? no. Well, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that if you, if certain diseases, I think the doctor will agree with me, there's certain parts of the country where if a person has a certain affliction, he's better off to be there than he is here. I don't agree He'll with He'll get that. more medical care, better medical care. But he doesn't have the compassionate and the love of his family if he's not here. And it's I just felt in this case, his community would have been as, as much you know. But my question is, who are you or anyone else in this community to say he shouldn't be with his family? Yeah. So bottom line is, Jerry, you kind of regret it. Well, of course. But, but, you know, who hasn't said something in the last 23 years that mm -hmm. they wish they had not?
My name is Cynthia Stewart, and 1987, when Oprah first came to Williamson, I was a high school senior. I expected better representation out of, uh, out of adults in the room. I had never really experienced anything like that. So, Cynthia, you were a 17-year-old senior in high school, same as uh, Anna. Yes. Yes. And you were, you were at that show, but you did not speak up. Why not? Probably fear. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. You remember Jerry? Absolutely. Yeah. And what did you want to say something to him at the time? I was shocked, you uh -huh. know, quite frankly, and I was repulsed at what he had said. Are, are you sorry at all? I mean, that you played, you know, you were judge and jury for his lifestyle for... And his family. His family we suffered. I mean... Well, his, in my mind, his family, honestly, uh, never entered in my, in my mind. My, my issue... I think that's what I have such a hard that's time with, that you... You know, like I said, you demonstrated such hate and anger. But yeah. most of my rage really was towards the good doctor and his comments and well, not, and but, not so much Mike. Uh, but it certainly did appear that way, didn't right. it? it did. And, and, and I'm the first to, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the first. But if you look at the tape more carefully, you can see the moment, because the ego is a powerful thing, sure. as we all know. We can see the moment, and you can too, doctor, right? The moment, and that's what I thought when you said it. You have told this man in his own community, you've come from the outside to tell this man that he is afraid, and he took great offense to the word fear. Not only could you see it, you could feel, feel it. it. Mm -hmm. You could feel it in this auditorium that day in an unbelievably powerful way. And Do I mean, you think that what was represented on our show was, because I was trying to get a balanced opinion from right. the audience, but do you think that that was representative of the way this town thought? And I felt? hope not. You hope not? I hope, well, I mean, I hope the ones that spoke, I hope that that did not say to the rest of the nation, wow, you know, the community of Williamson, they all feel that way because the ones that wanted to be heard because they had the strongest opinions, mm -hmm. those were the ones that, like I said, their voices were uh, the loudest. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, folks that could have supported the family did not get up. Do you wish you had have gotten up? Now, I do. I felt it was wrong just to treat another human being that way. I thought, wow, I cannot believe that this is what it's come to. Yeah. I want to introduce you to Bob again. Let's roll the tape of Bob. I think they should uh, put them on a colony. I don't know, get them out of the public. My name's Bob Wid. In 1987, I was 51 year old and I was an engineer on the railroad. I went to the show because uh, I'm a Christian and the Bible says that lifestyle is wrong. And uh, if the Bible says it, I believe it. I didn't think that they would call me up, but they did. At that time, I'd never heard of AIDS and didn't even know what it was. If a criminal killed two or three people, they'd put them in an electric chair. But an AIDS carrier can kill hundreds of people, and uh, there ain't a thing you can do about it. So you consider them as, as, as criminals? No, I just, uh, I, don't, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't have anything against him, but I don't want to be around him. Mm -hmm. How many of you are, are like uncomfortable even being in the same room with this with this man? You're uncomfortable even being in the same room with him. Right. Okay, because you you think you think this is too close for comfort even being this close no, in this room with him. Uh, but I just uh, don't want to drink after him. I don't want to eat after him. And uh... and so being in the same room with him, if he sneezed or something, would you be upset if he sneezed? Well, if I was too close to him, I probably would. Okay. 
Do you still feel the same way, Bob? No, ma'am, I've, I've had a complete change. Uh, I can't believe I even made that statement. Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian and that wasn't the right thing to, to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they, got, they got to live, God says love everybody and that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm, I apologize to these girls for that statement. Thank you. You apologize to them. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Because uh, they're human just like we are, and God loves it. Told the number one rule of God, love everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't approve of the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's abomination. And that's all I got to say. Mm -hmm. So when you look at yourself on that tape 23 years ago, you are embarrassed by that? Or right, you wish you had right. presented I, yourself in a different way? Matter of fact, I, I can't even remember saying that, and I wished I hadn't have. Mm -hmm. But uh, at that time, I didn't know anything about AIDS. I'd never heard of it. So tell me this. When you look at that tape, do you have compassion for him as Sure, sure. I'd have compassion for anybody. That's what God tells you to do. Uh -huh. Sitting in that room, taking all that from everybody. I really, I really hated that he had to. I mean... Too late to apologize to him now, but in other words, everybody thought he was doing what was right. I thought I was doing what was yes. right. I guess I got carried away with that too. Got carried away with that too. Probably. My name is Eugene Thorne. I grew up here in Williamson. I was 10 years old when uh, Mike Sisko went swimming in the pool. Mike was one of the family friends, babysitted us and, you know, took us to the pool or stayed in the backyard. We had cookouts and stuff, so we were always around him. He was always a nice guy. I knew I was gay when I was six, and uh, I started looking at guys more than I looked at girls. They would call me Tiffany because I could twirl a baton faster than any girl could even think about twirling a baton. So they would just be like, oh, you're just gonna be a girl. You're just a little queen. I didn't know what AIDS was at the time. I got to watch the show after it aired and I'm like, he's gay and I'm like him, but I'm not saying anything. I didn't wanna go and come out and they call me and the Mike Cisco kid or he's gonna catch AIDS. I didn't come out until I left Williamson after I graduated from high school. Eugene actually wrote us an email about six months ago suggesting we do a follow-up show in Williamson. I want you to know I was already planning on it for the 25th season. And here we are. Eugene grew up in Williamson and is gay and also is HIV positive. So did you move from this town because you felt that the town would be insensitive to your being gay, insensitive to your way of life? Uh, yeah, because it, you can be gay here in, in uh, West Virginia, but it's like more like DL kind of thing. You know, you have down to- Down low. Yeah, you gotta stay on the down low and mm -hmm. you just stay on this side down of town. Down low means pretending that you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a lot of that here, mm -hmm. so, but, it was just, I just had to go. Do you think the town has progressed in its feelings? Yes, a little bit. I think with the My Cisco story and you coming here and, you know, me being openly, oh, here he comes, strutting his style and coming back and forth, a lot of people start coming out. Hmm. Do you think that Mike Cisco was a pioneer 
Oh, yeah. Was a hero. A hero. And how was he a hero? Well, it takes a lot of guts to get on the Oprah Winfrey show and say you're gay. In 1987. In 1987. Mm -hmm. he's, he's made it really easy for me. I'm an HIV positive guy. I'm undetectable. My family supports me. They love me. Nobody frowns on me. My friends know. And now the town will know, but it's, it's not I think the town kind of knew. Yeah, the town kind of knew anyway. That you were gay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but is this your first time announcing to the town that you're HIV? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was a, it's a step. Mm -hmm. We just want to educate people. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't... It's not a, like a death sentence anymore. Mm -hmm. You could die from anything. Mm -hmm. And me, I, I'm in good health, you know? You take care of yourself and oh, take yeah. meds? Oh, yeah. I take my meds and... I live a, a great life, and I run my flower shop in Cincinnati. Do you think uh, Williamson has changed at all? Yes, it's changed a little bit. Pro it progresses slowly here. Mm -hmm. I had a season ticket to the swimming pool. Little kids would go in with open sores, little cuts on them. What if he had a cut? Can you tell me and make sure that to rest, assure all of us parents and uh, people that went swimming that day, could you get AIDS from him? My name is Nina Blackburn, and 23 years ago, I was a stay-at-home mom. I went to the show that day to see what was being said, trying to find out the truth about everything. So, what do you <laughs> want to say? Um, knowledge is a wonderful thing, and you learn so much as time goes on. and. I apologize to the sisters, all of you all, if I said anything or done anything at that day. And if he was here, I'd give him a big hug because I know he had to be really, really scared. And I'm glad that you all were there with him. He had someone with him. And, you know, it, it was just awful. When you look back at that tape, what do you think of yourself and your community? I think our community is a wonderful community. They're a caring community. Uh, we've always been there for each other for a lot of things. The thing that seemed to be missing for me when I looked at that tape, and Bobby, you can speak to this, is you have this room of all the God-fearing people. Where was where the was compassion? The, where was the compassion? Where was the compassion? We had compassion on him. I mean, I didn't want, I hated that he had it. I hated it. but. When you look at that tape, Bobby, there's no way you can come out of that mm -mm. show thinking this is a community that had compassion for him. So there's, when you look at it now, because when we know better, we do better, what would you have wanted the community to do differently? I, uh, be more compassion. Be, be more, more understanding. Yeah, be more Trying to put yourself in their place and what they were going through. Not just him, but the family as well. You know, we all have some kind of yes, tragedy. Yes, it's interesting that Jerry said earlier, I wasn't here talking about the family or speaking to the family, but as I was saying, everybody who has any affliction is somebody's son or daughter. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think boils down to what Tina said back then on the tape. What if it were... Yours. Yours. What if it were yours? What if it were yours? Mm -hmm. Fear overrode all the, our compassion and our love for the person. But did you learn from that experience of standing up in that audience and being who you were on that day in that audience to be a little more compassionate? Oh, yes. For sure. 
Yes. You did? Yes. You did? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I oh, certainly yes. try. Okay. Well, no matter what you think of Mike, you have to admit that it really was so courageous of him to go on national television in 1987. This wasn't a world where everybody was on TV talking about their lives like we have now with reality TV. In 1987, he was willing to share his story and knew that in sharing his story about AIDS, he would be ostracized. So, Tina, I know your brother Mike told you that he never once regretted doing the show. You shared that with us because he knew that that would have an impact on someone's life. Even 23 years later, we still get letters about Mike Sisko. I want to show all of you what Stephen in California has to say. How many of you in this room believe that AIDS patients should be quarantined? Raise your hands high. When this show aired, I was in my 20s, just coming out myself. I was HIV negative, but I knew that this disease existed and I was afraid. Mike was probably one of the bravest people I could it. think of at, at that time in my life. He stood up like a young, brave lion and just faced it. And I think he did it with a lot of dignity. And you felt that you were not accepted in this community because you were gay? Oh, I know I wasn't. Uh-huh. I had actually never seen gay people on television up to that point. And for me, as a gay young man coming out, it gave me a lot of courage to know who I was and how if this, if this kid could deal with this, I certainly could tell all my friends and my family that I was gay. When I really thought back upon my life and what I wanted to do with it, I was able to reflect back on the show and how much it spoke to me. And it helped me realize that what I really wanted to do was to become a nurse. So currently I am going into nursing school and my goal is to actually someday work with people that have AIDS. So that's the impact we know that your brother had on one life and we believe many others based upon all the letters we received. Thank you all for being here today. A special thanks to the town of Williamson, West Virginia. And Mike Sisko, this one's for you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.